Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green. I'm your host, Jeff Tracy. We'd like to thank everybody listening, not only here in the Portland area, but also in Texas and Philadelphia and all over the country. Uh, We are part of the Golf News Net and soon to be part of the USA Radio Networks. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and also Scott White and his crew down at Ben Hogan Golf. Check out their Ben Hogan demo program. No risk or obligation. You can find out on BenHoganGolf.com. Well, I've never met this man in person, but I've watched his videos and he's quite the entertainer. Dennis Walters coming to us from Jupiter, Florida today. Dennis, how are you? I'm great, Jeff. Good. You bet. You bet. So, Dennis, you've got a real interesting story. You were back in the early 70s you were a really i don't know what do you want to call it hot or something a professional golfer and graduated in from north texas and uh we're doing some of the um many tours around the world and that and then you had a uh an accident and i'd like to have you tell our listeners exactly what happened well i was preparing to qualify for the uh the PGA Tour, I had gotten to the finals the year before. And the year before that, I finished 11th in the U.S. Amateur when it was medal play. So right. I, I was, my big dream was always to play successfully on the PGA Tour. I was preparing for this attempt, and I was riding in an old three-wheel golf cart. It was, went down a steep hill with a sharp turn. And I remember applying the brakes, but that's about it. And I, I was on the ground, and I didn't have a scratch or nothing really hurt, but I, I couldn't get up. And in my fall, I had dislocated a vertebrae, which pinched my spinal cord, so I was paralyzed from the waist down from this episode. That's a, that's a tough deal. Was that, was that here in this country, or was that in South Africa? No, it was in New Jersey. Okay. All right. And I'm, I'm supposing or assuming that they took you to the hospital and, and they checked you all out and stuff. But how devastating was that originally when you thought, I can't walk? That means I can't golf. Yeah, well, I was in the hospital for four months. I was in rehab for four months. And I, I really don't have, I'm not intelligent enough to describe how bad it was. I, I just don't have the word especially words I can use on uh, 
the yeah. setting like this. But I, I, I'm listen. I'm sure every there have been a lot of people as low as I was, but I, in my own mind, I believe I was tied for first as to how low can one person possibly sink mentally, physically, emotionally, and uh, it was extremely extremely tough it's still difficult today the, the problem with the situation like this is it never goes away uh, i'd love to just have a day off once in a while but that's not the way it works and probably some of the easiest things for you to do are probably some of the most difficult things for me to do sure it was just 40 48 years later and i'm still pretty upset about the whole thing but a very long time ago, I realized that it wasn't going to get better. And I should probably try to make the best of it, which is that is exactly what I did. The, 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 one of the things that is most satisfying to me is that I absolutely maxed out on what was possible. I, I would say, yes, you did. When you made that decision, when you said, I'm not going to, I'm paraphrasing, of course, Dennis, but you're not going to let this get you down. You're going to keep going forward. And you uh, just, you know, internally decided to do this. Did that change things for you? I mean, the physical part aside, but did that change things for you right away? Or was that something you had to build into? Well, the thing you have to put into perspective is that I was 24 years old. I was very close to achieving what I really wanted to do since I was a small boy. Right. Have that taken away. Forget about the other things. To have that taken away was a pretty tough blow. The physical thing was even at equally as bad. But I was laying in this hospital bed and... Honestly, I never thought I was getting out of the bed. I thought I'll, I'll, I'll never get out of this bed. And if I get out of it, um, I, I don't see how in the world I could accomplish anything. Sure. But I, I said to myself, I, one day I got out of the bed and I said, you know what? I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. And I'm going to try and figure out a way that I could do something positive. And to me, what that meant was to play golf. And as you said before, every single person just about said, well, that's really too bad, Dennis. I know you love to play golf and you'll never play golf again because you can't stand up. And basically they were right. So I started hitting golf balls sitting down. When you did that, and um, how would I suggest this? When you first started hitting balls sitting down, did you did your mind really start to kind of roll to the fact like I can do this and how can I create something? I'm talking about like your golf cart and stuff and you've got braces and all this, but to work through that process to find something that could help you achieve what you wanted to do. Uh, if if it were like me and we're not, but I'm, uh, my mind would never shut off. I would always be constantly thinking about how I could, uh, create something that would help me. Uh, that's not exactly the way I did it. Okay. I was so depressed and I was so down. I was just, 
I was reaching for draws. I mean, I, I just, what happened was when I was in rehab the last month, you could go home on weekends. So this is February, 1975. I'm home, I'm laying on the couch with my dad. My head is in his lap and I'm crying my eyes out because where you are on number seven there at Pebble, that's where this tournament was coming from, the Bing Crosby tournament. And right. One of my favorite tournaments. And later on in the show, I'll give you my one of my big connections to Pebble Beach. But anyhow, I, I'm I'm crying my eyes out because I a lot of my friends from college were there and I figured I should be there too. So my dad says, Come on, champ, let's go hit some golf ball. And I said, well, how do you reckon I'm going to do that? And he said, out of that blanking wheelchair. <laughs> and if you knew my dad, you could figure out the descriptive adjective he gave to the wheelchair. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Anyhow, there was a little building down the street from us that had a net in it where people would go in the wintertime. I was in New Jersey at this time. And so... They had a net set up, and so I had this Byron Nelson three-wood, which was my favorite club, so I grabbed that, and off we went. So he, we get to the net, he gives me the club and says, go ahead, let her rip. And I said, I can't, I can't swing, my legs are in the way. He said, okay, I'll be right back. So he came back, and he, had, he got this big pillow, it had a, like a square back and arms on it that yeah. you would fold, uh, you, you would sit on the floor and lay up against the couch if you were a kid or something. So he took the arms and he folded them underneath and he picked me up and he stuck me on the pillow. Now I'm raised up about maybe eight inches. So I said, I said, this is better. I'm not going to hit my legs. I said, but I, 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 I can't hold myself up. I, I don't, I from the waist down, I can't feel or move anything. So he said, all right, hang on, I'll be right back. So he came back and he had a really big, like a strap, and he tied it to the back of the wheelchair around my waist, gave me my club, and I, I started swinging. There you go. We're going to take a break here on Grilling at the Green. We're going to be back with Dennis Walters and find out more of his story and also what he does to entertain and motivate people. Uh, we'll be right back. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. Real quickly, if you want to email us, you can just send us an email to golf at salempdx.com. That's Salem or golf at salempdx.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. We're talking with Dennis Walters today. Dennis had a very, very unfortunate accident back in the early 70s, was on his way to being a, a player on the tour. Uh, but he has pulled himself up um, by his bootstrap, so to speak. That's the old cowboy in me, Dennis, and uh, has really done something with his life. So these days, Dennis, 
We'll talk. We'll get back to playing more uh, talking about the golf in a second. But you do a lot of shows with people for people, whether it's at tournaments or what have you. Um, you demonstrate how you can can swing the golf club and hit the ball and all that. And uh, but I think more of it is after looking at your stuff and reading about you, more of it's like life lessons. Well, I've always looked at our show as a program, not only of golf lessons, but also life lessons. And what I'm trying to do with every swing I make is to prove that golf can be a game for everyone. And it's about golf. It's about the great golf shots I'm hitting. I've, I've made over 3,000 appearances and I've traveled over 3 million miles doing this. Yeah. But it's... It's about hitting great golf shots. I've always looked at these shows as a tournament, and I try to, I try to hit, hit as many really good shots as I can. And it's about having fun. But there's a point to all of this, and the point is, if I can do this, something almost every single person back in the day said would be impossible to do, then everywhere I perform, whether it's from St. Andrews to Pebble Beach, I challenge each person in the audience to do something positive in their life that perhaps they thought they couldn't do, something that maybe they think is impossible. And so when I first started doing this, I never thought I could make a career out of this. That, that was the furthest thing from my mind, what I was trying to do was to cope with what I considered to be a hopeless situation. And as rotten as I felt every place else, when I came to the golf course, I felt better. Yeah. So I started out doing this entirely for myself. But what happened was, immediately as I started to perform, people would give me comments and feedback that I was giving them hope, encouragement, and inspiration. And as these years have gone by, I quickly realized these are three of the most precious gifts you can give anyone. So my big dream was to play successfully on the PGA Tour. My big dream was to try to make it through this world on my golf skills. And in the end, I did. However, along the way, I've been able to positively influence others, maybe only by a little bit, but that's made it even better. Well, sometimes <clears throat> all it takes is a little bit, Dennis. I, I've learned that in my life, if trying to help people or inspire them. Sometimes it just takes the smallest spark and you, and you hit the right spot. You hit the sweet spot, as we would say. And then, you know, it can um, go forward. One thing I want to get out of the way, though, before we get into this, I want to talk about uh, Mr. Bucky, uh, your pal, your um uh, what would i say co-entertainer like that i'm a, i'm a dog and cat guy i i gave up horses because they got mad at me for bringing them in the house but um tell me about mr bucky well bucky is one of five dogs i've had in my adult life first one i got when, shortly after my accident and they're they've all been rescue dogs Anybody looking for a dog or a cat, an animal shelter or rescue group is a great place to begin your search. 
So my search started in Fort Lauderdale. I went down and I rescued this dog. Her name was Muffin. She came when I called her, so I never changed her name. I didn't teach her a thing, but she was an angel. She, her job was to keep my spirits up, and I had her for 12 years, and I never actually raised my voice to her. She was an angel. Then I got my second dog's name was Mulligan. I took a Mulligan. And uh, this was right about the time where people were starting to acknowledge the fact that in addition to uh, uh, seeing eye dogs, that dogs had the capability of helping others besides blind people. Sure. I started to learn about that, and I, I read the law, and I taught her to pick up things that I couldn't read, which is under the law, comes under the law to qualify a dog for a person who has a disability as a service dog. Mm -hmm. Then I got my next dog was named, and I taught her some things, uh, how to tee a golf ball up, how to answer questions by barking out the answers. Uh, first, it started out as when you play golf, you want to hit the ball in the fairway, not in the rough. You bark. And then my next dog's name was Benji Hogan. Uh, I taught him more than Mr. Bucky. I taught him more. Uh, they were all phenomenal, phenomenal dogs. And Mr. Bucky passed away a couple of years ago. I now have a dog named, well, his name is Augusta, but we call him Gus, Gusman, Gussie, a couple other things I can't say on the. Sure. But uh, <laughs> he, uh, He's going to be the goat. He really is. He, uh, I taught him everything I taught the other dogs, and he does them as well or better. But with him, I taught him to hit a golf ball, and that was my crowning achievement. Oh, there you uh, go. Dog training. So <laughs> he, uh, I've, I've had so much fun with him, and as I did the other dogs. But I think he just has. He has. I don't know. It's either I did a better job of training. Uh, he's he was the youngest one that I adopted, and uh, he is a total joy. He, he my dog behaves like every person wishes they could, their dog would behave. He, he never does anything wrong. I, mean, I never yell at him. Uh, he goes he goes everywhere I go. We're never separated as all my dogs do, and. Uh, He's, he's quite something. Well, good. We're going to talk more with Dennis Walters um, in just a minute, but we've got to take a break here on Grilling at the Green on AM860, The Answer, and our other affiliates. We'll be back. Please stay with us. Okay. Hey, it's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at benhogangolf.com. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. And if you're watching the video of this show today, you'll see Dennis's newest. Uh, I don't know. What do you want to call him? Your best friend? Um, he's a, a co-star in our show. He's a co-star in our show. I love him. Uh, I love it. Uh, yeah, I know. I could. I've watched him yawn there. I could. I could take a little extra snooze myself there, buddy. 
I, that's just great, Dennis. That's just great. How did you teach him to hit a golf ball? Well, it took me nine months to find him. And during those nine months, I wrote down everything that I wanted to teach him. Yeah. And hitting a golf ball was number four. I had attempted it back in the day with Benji, but it didn't work out. And because it didn't work out and I couldn't figure out how to do it, I kind of skipped that with Bucky. But I sat down and I tried to think of a better way to do it. And I found this little plastic golf club that a kid would have, a young kid would have. Sure. And uh, first thing I did was I got him to hold it, which sounds easy, but he tore one up trying to chew on it and stuff. But uh, once I got him to hold it, I got him to sit while holding it. The next thing I did was I took a cookie. I took the club out of his mouth and I took the, I took a cookie and I put it to the side and I said, turn and he turned his head toward the cookie. Like he was facing down the field. Yeah. yeah. And so he, once I got him to do that, I put the club back in his mouth and I got him to turn while holding the club. Then I just put the ball when where I thought was the correct ball position. Sure. And he he took a swing and he hit it and he didn't hit it very far. But I was so excited I almost fell out of my wheelchair. <laughs> and then he uh he's perfected it. He I'm telling you, he's really good at golf. He can hit that ball beautifully. And the second coolest thing is he'll hit like 20 balls and then he'll go and shag them, pick them up and bring them back to me. So, we had we had yeah, we had a uh, a little dog, the last little dog we had at the ranch and her name was B dog. Her real name was Beatrice, but everybody just called her B dog. And when I would take, we had a circular driveway and been a pasture right next to the driveway. And when I would go out there and like hit balls, she would go out and I always, I never tried to hit him very far. I just took a wedge and hit him out there, but she would go out there and shag him and bring him back. But she would get so excited when you were going to hit a ball and just bark and carry on. Um, not obnoxiously, but she was ready to go, but I never had to worry about going out there and finding my golf balls because she'd always bring them back to me. And I never taught her a thing. She just did that. So right. it, it was, it was great in all the, uh travels you've done dennis and putting on your shows and stuff how i know it was probably some of the logistics may have been difficult for you but how gratifying was that to meeting i mean you've met hundreds of thousands of people i have i've met uh I've, like i said i've, I've done over three thousand performances and I have, I've met a lot of people. I've also met every, or worked with every famous golfer in my lifetime. The only one I really never met was Mickey Wright. But other than that, I've done things with Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas, Gary Player, Tiger. I've done 30 clinics with Tiger. I have, uh, I've been to just about every, famous golf course. And, sure. Uh, it's, uh, I've accomplished a lot of things I never thought were even possible, which is 
I think, the real basis of what I do. I'm trying to show people what's possible. What, what is possible in golf and what is possible in life? Well, that's a, boy, that's an open-ended question, isn't it? You can just keep going if you want to, if you got the tenacity to do it. Um, do you ever get, do you actually play or do you just practice for your shows? That is a very interesting question at this moment in time. Okay. When this first happened to me, I used to play a lot of golf because I didn't have as many shows. As I started to, started to do more shows, I played less golf. I haven't played much golf in the last 25, 30 years. I go out and yuck it up with my friends for five holes or something, but right. I, I mean, I just I, I do not work on my uh, anything to do with playing golf seriously. Uh, and, and but I do hit balls there almost every day. I practice my trick shots, and um, and I come home and take a break. I'm 72 years old, so I'm out there for a couple hours, and that's enough. Yeah. In, in December, the, the United States Golf Association said that they were going to have a U.S. Open for people with disabilities. The U.S. Adaptive Open, which I found to be extremely intriguing. Right. So I said, well, it's in July. And they made this announcement in December. So I said, well, I've got quite a bit of time to take this project on. So I started to I start, and this is some I haven't played in a golf tournament in 48 years. And so I started to go out. And first thing, I know my drives are going to be good. I, I, I will drive the ball beautifully. So I said, I'm starting at the cup and I'm working my way back. Because once I get past hitting the, the furthest fairway club I got, the rest I got. I know I'm going to drive the ball great. Yeah. So I started, I couldn't make it from a foot. I, I couldn't make a one foot putt because the other thing I thought about is I hit all my shots from the side. I have to swing the seat out. Now, if I had 30 putts, that means I have to swing the seat out 30 times out, 30 times in. That's 60 times. That's a lot of energy. So I started to get, I got a long putter and I started to putt from the side, side kind of sideways. So I didn't have to swing the seat out. Sure. I also got where I could chip with a, I started with a hybrid, but I do much better with a five wood because it's the right length and it has a little bit bigger mass. So that's enough. If I, if I, if there's nothing between me and the, and the hole, I'm rolling it up with a five wood. So I'll probably do that five or six to eight times around. So that's another 10 or 15 times. I don't have to. Uh, I don't have to swing my seat out. So I. Uh, so I'm saving a lot of energy. And you got your phone going there. Yeah, I'm sorry. No worries. So anyhow, I started putting sideways, and when I first started doing it, it felt awful, and I was horrendous. And then I started chipping, and I'm horrendous at that. I'm blading them in the street. I'm dumping them in the bunker. And I, uh, I have no, 
no shot at this in the beginning. <laughs> and uh, so I've gotten better. I've progressed past horrendous. I've gone past horrible. I've, I'm pretty well past bad. And so then I have to start hitting the ball off the ground with yep. my iron, with my fairway club, something I never do. I swung my trick shot swing is my driver swing, which I it's a different swing than trying to hit the ball off the ground or uh, right. and and let's not even begin to talk about course management yet or how to get around the golf course. And so I and starting to this week, I'm starting to play a little bit. Then I have to build up because for someone in my my situation, playing 18 holes is tough. Yeah, it's it, it's, it's, uh, it's it is. It, I can stamina. imagine. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, Dennis, we got to take another break, but we'll be back in just a minute with Dennis Walters uh, and hear more about this upcoming tournament right after this. everybody it's jt and this is a special version of grilling at the green grilling at the green is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef Welcome back to Growing It's Green. I'm Jeff Tracy, along with Dennis Walters today. Uh, Dennis's fascinating story. I, mean, I think I can con Dennis into sticking around for the after hour segment, too, uh, which won't take too long for him. Um, did your did your dad or uh, ever get to see you actually do a show? Well, my dad actually went with me on the road for 17 years. Did he? Um, a lot of the things I learned to fight this battle that I'm in, I learned from him during the thousands of hours he spent crisscrossing the U.S. in a motor in a minivan, and uh, that was great. My, my biggest break in life was to have two great parents and a great sister, and my mom was phenomenal. My dad was he he was always there for me, and he would. Uh, he would encourage me and he really was uh he, he was the one that really helped me and my sister's fantastic she went actually when when our dad couldn't go on the road she went with me for three summers and uh so it's uh listen anybody in this world who has success it would be a very rare case where they did it every single thing by themselves you have yeah. to have you have to have a support system. You have to have someone behind the scenes. You have to have someone there for you in almost every situation. 
the other but the when it comes right down to it a lot of encouragement is great a lot of motivation is great but i believe that the biggest motivation comes from within and that your brain is actually your strongest muscle in fighting off problems whether you want to call it depression you want to call it uh, whatever you want to call it it's it, it's something that you have to be motivated by others and take action from within that, that's the, that's really i think the bottom line yeah i agree um and i also think uh a lot of people have let that muscle atrophy uh over time and that's a kind of a shame to me but uh and i'm just not talking about golf i'm talking about uh generally um you know if i if i see people if i i i do some work with kids and stuff it's like put the cell phone down pay attention to what's going on around you might help you you know breathe a little fresh air there um looking back is there one clinic one show that you did that leaves a lasting memory in you more than others as a matter of fact there is okay my two favorite shows are tied for first were at augusta national and saint andrews so that's tied for first i, I don't really think that's going to change probably not <laughs> but uh i've met five presidents of movie stars famous athletes and i have accomplished and done a lot of things that i never thought i could do and as i as i look at the seventh hole of pebble beach the ceremony for the world golf hall of fame was during the U, the last u.s open at pebble beach Right. The ceremony, we stayed there, and the ceremony was at the uh, convention center in, in Carmel. And so I, I have had wonderful memories of Pebble Beach, but the last one really, really sealed the deal is one of my all time favorite spots. Oh, I would imagine. I would imagine. It's interesting how many people I do another show besides the golf show. Dennis, um, and how many people from that show who are not golfers, but recognize that behind me, you know, they go, Oh yeah, that's Pebble beach. And it's like, I didn't even know you knew that, you know, and it kind of iconic. So yeah, one of the most iconic spots in the whole world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there anything, um, you want to do that you haven't done yet as far as with your golf shows? Uh, well, I'd like to continue to be busy. That, that makes me happy. Now, I, every time I get somebody calls me up and wants me to do a show, even after 45 years, I still get excited and I still, I still feel good about it. And uh, because I know it's going to give me an opportunity to challenge myself and try to positively influence others. And that makes me happy. We're, we're going to get out of here this week. we got the Portland golf show coming up here in about three weeks. So, and grilling at the green will be there. So we'll give you more of that uh, information as we get closer, but for Dennis Walters and myself, everybody uh, take care, have a good week and be kind out there people.
See you later. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved. And remember, the key to lower scores, a pencil with an eraser. See you next week.